What's up, guys? This is Pastor Josh, and I am so glad you decided to check out Pastor Tim's Revelation Bible Course. Yes, that's right, Revelation Bible Course. Some would call this a Bible study, but Pastor Tim is going to be taking you deep into the Word as we go through the book of Revelation chapter by chapter. So grab your Bible, grab a notebook and a pen, and get ready to be blessed from intro lesson to the final lesson. We love you guys, and we're praying for you as you go through this course with us. Well, I'm excited as we continue on our Bible study in Revelation. Because the world is soon to see all that is revealed. Remember, can anybody tell me the three passages that are all dealing with the time of Jacob's trouble that we talk about? Right, the Olivet Discourse. Very good, Diane. Amen. That's right. And so many people get off on their theology, they're on eschatology, they're in time, because they don't know how to rightly divide the word. And so we've talked about these letters, we're going to continue with the letters, to the seven churches in Asia, in Asia Minor, that so many times people will say like with Laodicea, which we'll get to, that they're lukewarm. So if you're lukewarm, you lose your salvation. Can you lose your salvation once you're born again? No, you can't be born again again. You believe that Yeshua Jesus is the Mashiach, the Messiah, that he died for your sins with the shedding of his precious blood, was buried conquered hell, death, and the grave, and rose again. You have to believe in the resurrection, right? He's the Messiah in the resurrection. Boom! That nanosecond, you're born again. I love it because the gospel never gets old. It never gets old. And there are many who will say, well, you guys just want to license the sin. No, we don't. In fact, the people that I know who truly have experienced the grace of God are the hardest working people for the kingdom. Now, any works apart from faith and Holy Spirit is the dead work of flesh. But I found that the people who truly want to hunger for God, more of God, and desire to do and fulfill the destiny he has for them are those who understand the grace of God. If someone says, I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, and I believe that in order for me to get to heaven, that I have to live to a certain standard after believing Are they born again? If they trust in their own works, are they saved, Sister Vonda? I don't think so. But we can't judge that, can we? Whether they truly believed and then got caught up in legalism or not. But I can tell you this, if they never believed that Jesus' precious blood shed was enough, then they're not saved. But we don't judge that, do we? I know a lot of people who believed and then got caught up in legalism. And what is the basis and the foundation of legalism anyway? Religious. It's a religious spirit and it's prideful. It goes back to the original sin of Hasatan, pride. It says, oh, look at me. I do my God duty. Look at me. I've gone to church my whole life. I was baptized. So what? 
that's great. What's that? It's not about how you live. It's about what you believe. Yeah, when you believe, it's when you understand and you're renewed in your mind that you're born again and you are seated in Christ in the heavenlies, far above all power, dominion, rule, and authority. When you know your position in Christ, I am perfect. I mean, I couldn't be more perfect in position to God because when Jesus shed his blood and I believed on him that he did so to pay my sin debt once and for all, past, present, and future, and he rose from the dead. That nanosecond, I believed that truth. I was born again and dwelt with Holy Spirit, saved, sealed, and sanctified until the day of redemption, heaven bound and rapture ready. And I am perfect. Did you hear me? I'm perfect. Now, you know someone's going to take that clip and say, hey, look at that arrogant pastor. He thinks he's perfect. I am perfect in position because of the blood of Jesus. Unfortunately, I still have a carnal nature. And I'm not perfect in performance. I still want to throat punch people. And not for their healing. Sarge, I just want to throat punch them because I think they deserve it. Now, I know down Tim up Jesus. I have to be renewed in my mind, but I'm going to stand here and acknowledge to you. There was a man I wanted to throw punch so bad today. I had to walk out of the store, Sister Vonda, and pray and say, Lord, I'm confessing to you. I want to hurt that man. I'm not going to tell you the situation. I had your son with me. So I'm like, Jesus, Jesus. He touches my beard and he's so sweet, Caleb. And I was just like, Jesus, just say the name of Jesus when you don't know anything else to say. Am I human? Do I have weak moments? Absolutely, but I know where to go. And I know to be renewed in my mind. No, I'm not perfect in performance and neither are you. But praise God that one day in the very near future, we are gonna get caught up, raptured. And then not only will I be perfect in performance, but guess what? My body is going to be perfect because it's going to be transformed just like Jesus. And I am not going to have a carnal nature. Do you know that? We're, not, we're going to be just like Jesus. Sarge, I can't wait. And that day is coming. Until then, we want to honor him. So when I know, see, I've often talked about metanoia, which is the Greek word for repentance, which means a change of mind. I come into agreement with the word of God. I believe on Jesus that he died and rose again. Done deal. That's it. There's also metamalami, godly sorrow. So when I know that I have a, that the flesh is rising up, like I did today, Lord, I know that's not right. And I had a stressful day, but that's not right. And I want to be renewed in my mind and when you get your focus on Jesus and who you are in him, and if you still struggle, <laughs> let me tell you this, think about what God did for you in shedding Jesus, his precious blood, because of our sins and the grace that has been bestowed us, then we have no right to hold it against anyone else, do we? 
Somebody needed to hear that. That's pro that's going to be online. That's going to hear that. So praise God. Now, when we're talking about these churches, it is talking about the churches, right? We've talked about that. It's not to the individual believer. Can some of these things apply in our lives, church? Are they good for us? Absolutely. Like leaving your first love. Who wants to be a lukewarm Christian? I already said we're not perfect in performance, but there are carnal Christians and lazy Christians. James, I just stirred up several thousand people. You know that's true, right? Woo, they get so upset. Well, stop being lazy and carnal then. Because we have Holy Ghost in us. And if we cooperate with Holy Ghost, is that true, church? If we cooperate, Ryan, is that true? You're going to give your testimony Sunday. He's going to give his testimony Sunday. You don't want to miss church. Can you be here at 8 o'clock also? Okay, you're going to be here at 8 o'clock also. They need to hear it too. Praise God. So be praying for Ryan. Well, we're going to go to chapter 2. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this, I know your deeds and your labor and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil people and you have put those who call themselves apostles to the test and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and have endured on account of my name and have not become weary but I have this against you. Now, he already gave them commendation. We've talked about that, right? There's some good things that he has to say to them. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and I re will remove your lampstand, that's the ancient menorah, from its place, unless you repent. But you have this, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the slander by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life the one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, to the one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold firmly to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my witness. My faithful one, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you 
because you have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So you too have some who in the same way hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will wage war against them with the sword of my mouth. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, The Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like burnished bronze, says this, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance, and that your deeds of late are greater than at first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray, so that they commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds. And I will kill her children with plague and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. But I say to you, the rest who are in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not known the deep things of Satan, as they call them, I place no other burden on you. Nevertheless, what you have, hold firmly until I come. The one who overcomes and the one who keeps my deeds until the end, I will give him authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are shattered, as I also have received authority from my father, and I will give him the morning star, the one who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, and yet you are dead. Be constantly alert and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. Then, if you are not alert, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white. For they are worthy. The one who overcomes will be clothed the same way in white garments. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut, 
because you have a little power and have followed my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come and bow down before your feet and make them know that I have loved you because you have kept my word of perseverance. I also will keep you from the hour of the testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold firmly to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the origin of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. The one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. To the one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So to Smyrna, Smyrna means myrrh or bitterness. Here Christ presents himself as the first and the last who was dead and came to life. The description would be particularly comforting to those who faced the threat of death daily. With special tenderness, the Lord tells his suffering saints that he knows their tribulation thoroughly. To outward appearances, they might be poverty-stricken, Remember, Laodicea is wealthy. We'll get to that. These guys, to the outward eye, they were poor and poverty-stricken. But as far as spiritual things were concerned, they were rich. Charles Stanley said this, There was peculiar honor in being near and like himself, who had nowhere to lay his head. I have learned this. Jesus is specially the partner of his poor servants. Is that true, church? It is. Does that negate when God blesses people and the provision that he gives? No, it doesn't. And so many people confuse that, and I want to make note of that. In that Greek word for zozo, for our salvation, not only are we born again, it incorporates our provision, and it incorporates our divine health. Do you believe that? It took me a long time as a child because in the church I grew up in, we were taught that if you were really going to be a follower of Jesus, you better not have any worldly things, meaning 
riches or wealth or affluence, but that you had to be a pauper. And it took me a long time to realize as I studied the word as a teenager, that is an error. If God calls you like he did Charles Thomas Studd, C.T. Studd, he was a millionaire back in the 1800s. I read his book, Pennies for a Millionaire. He met a woman, God had a call in his life. He came from a wealthy family, inherited a lot of money. Her name was Penny. But Penny knew that C.T., that was what they called him, Charles Thomas Studd, C.T. Studd, that his security was in the wealth that he inherited. And money is not the root of all evil, but the love of money. When that becomes the God in your life, there's a young man, Josh, I'm going to be dealing with that we know, and that's his problem. He says he wants God, but his issue is he's going after wealth and affluence for wealth and affluence only. God uses the affluent and blesses people. He blessed Abram, Abraham. He blesses so that you can be a blessing. Is that true? And so we've got to get over that mentality because so many people live it and they repeat it. It's almost like the welfare mentality that generation after generation, that is not true. Tim, the same way we believe in divine health, we believe in God's provision. And he'll do it. God will do it. The saints at Smyrna were being bitterly attacked by the Jews. Historians tell of the eagerness with which these Jews sought to aid in the martyrdom of Polycarp, for instance. As Jews, they claimed to be God's chosen people, but by their blasphemous behavior, they showed that they were a synagogue of Satan. That's what he called them. The Christians should not fear any of those things they would soon suffer. Some of them would be imprisoned and tested by tribulation for 10 days. This time period may refer to the 10 literal days or to 10 distinct persecutions under the Roman emperors who preceded Constantine, or to 10 years of persecution under Diocletian. The believers were encouraged to be, and those things happened. The believers were encouraged to be faithful unto death, that is, to be willing to die rather than renounce their faith in Christ they would receive a crown of life, a special reward for martyrs. And I don't know about you, but I believe, and Holy Spirit in us will equip us to do it. I believe that, I say this all the time, even to the death, Lord, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Hey everyone, I hope you are being blessed by this lesson of the Revelation Bible Course. If you're enjoying this lesson as well as the Sunday sermons from Jonathan Creek and you want to be a part of what God is doing through this ministry, you can visit www.jcreek.org and click the Give Now button to invest in the kingdom of God and everything he has planned for J Creek. We appreciate you, and now, back to the lesson. But the sad truth is, churches today Pulpits are full of people who say that they would die for Christ, but they will not stand up and call homosexuality a sin. And they won't call abortion murder. And they won't call out these illegitimate gover governments and these leaders who are anti-Christ. They won't do it. But they'll say, I'll die for Christ. They won't even tell the truth because they're afraid people will leave the church. They're so afraid that they'll lose their members or the tithe 
that they will not stand up, and I'm sorry, but that's a denial of Christ. It's the same spirit behind it. Denominations going in with the world agenda and the LGBTQRXWT40 agenda. They keep adding to it. There are only two genders. You're a male or a female. YY or XY. That's it. There's no 42, no 100. Even the animal kingdom knows. You bought a cat that you thought you were getting a female. You took it to the doctor and Dr. Flory gave you the call and said, uh, we got a problem. Was it Maya? You named her Mia? Mia is really a Milo. <laughs> See, but that, that didn't say, well, Milo is somewhere on the scale. Good grief, we know with the animals, with your cat. It was either male or female. And we have our children being taught that there's many genders. This is insane. And the pulpits are endorsing it. It's not okay. And I'm going to tell you something. These men that dress like women, they look like freaks. It's gross. There was a video made of me, Sarge, a while ago that I was born a woman turned into a man. Well, I'd be one ugly woman, I'm just saying. I'm also supposedly a lizard man. I shapeshift. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Rhonda, you've seen some of those. They make me laugh. They're funny. They won't say that kind of stuff, but it's the truth. And those people have a real issue. You've got a state like California that if, if I were to counsel someone to get deliverance and help, I'd be put in jail probably. And people are suffering. Do you know what the suicide rates, they're so much greater for those people. And you don't think it's demonic? It is absolutely demonic. There is such a thing, a mental illness is gender dysphoria, I believe that. But there's a big demonic influence in all of that. We have a couple, I don't want to name them. Diane, you know who I'm talking about probably. Wonderful couple that attend our church. Her daughter, they're in California. The daughter is transitioning or transitioned to be a man and her, her husband transitioned to be a woman. It's, I'm telling you, you don't think, how is that going to happen? Josh, if you ever told me you were transitioning into a woman, in the name of Jesus, I would pull Smith Wigglesworth. But if Josh did that, and then at the same time, Allie said she was going to become a dude, I definitely would take custody of my three grandsons. And I'd do the same thing to her. Do you see how twisted this is? This is someone in our own church. And I'm not beating them up. I can't imagine what they're going. Diane, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, you don't. I thought you did. I... My heart goes out to them. That's demonic. That is absolutely demonic. And, and this is what's going on in the world today. 
We'll continue with this. Again, the willing hearer is encouraged to listen to the Spirit's voice. The overcomer is promised exemption from the second death. Here, an overcomer is one who proves the reality of his faith by choosing to go to heaven with a good conscience rather than stay on earth with a bad one. He will not be affected by the second death, the doom of all unbelievers. Now we're going to move on to Pergamos. Pergamum means high tower or thoroughly married. This letter presents the Lord as the one who has the sharp two-edged sword. This is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 tells us about the word of God with which he will judge evildoers in the assembly. Now, is this any of us? No. Praise God. Do, do born-again believers go to the white throne judgment? No. Where do we go? The Bema. Yeah, the judgment seat of Christ. So, so many people even get that wrong. Pergamos was the Asian headquarters for the cult of emperor worship. Hence, it's called the place of Satan's throne. In spite of the surrounding paganism, the church had remained loyal to Christ, even though one of its members, Antipas, had been martyred for his confession of the Lord Jesus. He was the first known Asian to die for refusing to worship the emperor. But the Lord must reprove the church for permitting men with evil doctrine to continue in the Christian fellowship. Did you hear what the Lord is saying there? Ryan, these denominations that are permitting them, well, I I saw it, I don't know, two, three years ago now, right? Where Jesus was going on a white stallion. I had that open vision. And he was inspecting the troops. I'm telling you, there are churches that he pulled the menorah out, representing the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean those people lost their salvation, but those churches have lost their effectiveness, and some of them are very large churches, and they don't know it yet, but I'm telling you right now, the Lord has shown me they're about to go down. There are hirelings in churches, and there are hirelings in government, and God is about to show out. Get ready, Jay Creek, because the people are going to be looking for truth. Do you believe that? It's true. It, it is so true. And God has given us warning in his word. And I know Holy Spirit has strived with them because the Lord showed me that. Sarge, they're not listening. It's too bad because they could have been really effective for the kingdom. But the Lord must reprove them. There were those who held the doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. The doctrine of Balaam sanctioned eating things sacrificed to idols and sexual immorality. It also refers to the practice of preaching for hire, Numbers 22 uh, to 25 and 31. Now, I'm not talking about pastors getting a salary or blessing those ministries. It's when it's Holy Spirit-led but people doing it. I had a man at a big corporation that was a president of a company who said to me one time, and this man was not even born again. He said, I thought about, because he knew I was a preacher. I thought about being a preacher. I was like, "Are what? I know what you believe. You go to psychics. You believe in new age mysticism and secular humanism. And he said, yeah, you can make a lot of money doing that. 
It's like, you don't even believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You don't even know if he existed. But that didn't matter. See, he saw it as a form of profit, as a way to make money. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans is not defined. Many believe, many Bible scholars feel that these were libertines teaching that those under grace were free to practice idolatry and sexual sins. I think you guys looked that up too and found the same thing, right? Yeah, and that was the same thing. Thank you. Dr. C.I. Schofield, however, links the doctrine with the rise of the clerical system. So there are theologians who believe that as well. True believers are called on to repent. If they did, they would presumably, presumably expel the evil teachers from their midst. Otherwise, the Lord himself would fight against these evil men. Do you know how much beating I've taken? Because Tim, you know this to be true. Because I have dressed evil that was unaddressed in this body. It's true. When I found out. I, I'm going to tell you right now. We want everybody to come. We want them to hear the gospel and be born again. We know that people grow, but you will not be in leadership in this church if you are living in a life of, of open sinfulness and rebellion to God. You will not. Yes, we all sinned. I shared your thoughts. They're sins of thoughts, of omission, of commission. But when you openly live in a sinful lifestyle like homosexuality, you will not be in leadership. Or fornication, or if you support the murder of the unborn, you will not be in leadership in this church. Do you agree with that, Pastor Josh? That's the truth. And we've had people leave for it, and I don't care. I love them, but I will not endorse. Jenny, you know this. I love them all. But I will not, I have to answer to God as the pastor of this church. And I've already told you I'm not perfect in performance, but I am striving to honor God. That's my act of worship. And as the pastor of this church, we will not tolerate those things. Listen to what happens because these also apply to dispensations. They didn't move Remove those evil teachers. And let me tell you, it's not just that. We're going to get to the one about Jezebel. There are people who come in that have wonderful gifts, that have a Jezebel spirit, and their goal is to destroy the church. They need to go too. There's no room for that. And it's not just women. It can affect men. And usually there's an Ahab alongside them, justifying it, letting it happen. It was years ago, this couple had come. Linda Fultz knew them. It was one of those times I had an eye bleed and I couldn't see in the back anyway. And I was, pre I was just teaching on the Jezebel spirit. They left the church, would never call me. And Linda told me, well, they left. She said, you called her a Jezebel. I said, I couldn't even see them. I didn't call her a Jezebel, but clearly she felt conviction. So there must have been, she probably is a Jezebel. So probably did us a favor and just left, Sarge. But there is a Jezebel spirit that is at work in the church at large today. And what that spirit typically does, again, I know somebody needs to hear this, and we'll get to that one on that. What that spirit typically does is it comes in, and you'll watch it. It could be a man or woman. 
Oh, they love everybody and they want to they network with everyone and they want to get close to the leadership. When you call that spirit out, it's vile. Well, <laughs> there's a woman, you know, they rail against me all over the place. My wife had told me, don't ever be alone with that woman. Boy, did she call that right. Josh, you know who that is. That's what the Jezebel spirit does. And what it will do is it wants to get close to you and garner information. And so it will use truth. But then it begins to weave a web. Goes through. This happens all the time. Churches have closed because of this. That Jezebel spirit will weave a web and get people to believe it. Convincing. And, and just horrible accusations. Do you know? And it will work behind the scenes. And it really is. The Jezebel spirit, my wife was right. It's often it comes with immorality that occurs. It's happened with, with pastors and leaders that do that. I can promise you. I, I've only loved one woman and I never cheated, never wanted to. Throat punching, speeding in my car, they're my temptations. None of that other stuff. Uh, but that Jezebel spirit, that's what it wants. And then it will turn. It, it will turn. And it will work behind the scenes because the goal of the Jezebel spirit is to shut down churches, to destroy those in ministry and in leadership and to destroy everyone. That happened a few years ago. Um, and not even against me, we had some leaders. There was a person who came in. People knew this individual for maybe several weeks and people they knew for 25 and 30 years, they began coming against. And I saw it for what it was. I actually called it out. One of our associate pastors had to meet with me with this person as I was going to address it. I said, I'm going to tell you, this is what the person will say. If we're dealing with a Jezebel spirit, when I bring up the issues, they're going to say something like, that's it, I'm done, I quit. So those who have dealt with me, you know, I don't dance around the thing. I just, I wasn't mean about it, but I, the person was trying to do the whole chatty, nice thing. I'm like, look, we're here for a reason that we have to talk about. I just want to get right to it. Um, we love you, but I want to get right to it. And here's the issue. The exact words I told the associate pastor, this woman said, that's it, I'm done, I quit. So, I sat back and I said, okay, because I knew I was dealing with a Jezebel spirit and the poor associate pastor is trying to make nice and then eventually realized, whoa, I just kind of watched the show at that point because I knew going into it that I'm going to know right away if this is a Jezebel spirit. And there's discernment. You learn that, don't you? And so the poor, our associate pastor, Sarge, was like, wow. You left me to deal. I said, no, I told you what was going to happen. The person said, that's it. I'm done. I quit. And I said, okay. And I sat back in my chair, meeting over. Decision done. But you were trying to do the nice thing. And that spirit came against you big time. That's what a Jezebel spirit does. And it's even brought up in one of the churches here. We've got to be really, listen, we are in the final moments of the end of days. God's word tells us these things are going to happen. 
If you have any ought against me or anyone else here, you need to go to that person. I might say something that offends you. I might. It's not deliberate, but I could. Or somebody else could. Don't let offense brew and stir. If you find your tongue waging, even if it's truth, against your brother or sister, that is the wrong place to be letting your tongue lag. If you get caught up in any gripes or grumbles about the leadership or this church or your brothers and sisters, you should knock that off. Sarge, I am so proud of you. It happened at McDonald's and I heard all the reports. You shut that down. It was a man with a white beard. Sarge did. She shut it down. I don't know exactly what you said, but what came back to me is you told him, basically put the shut to the up. He didn't know what he was talking about. I don't know what you said, Sarge, but, but it came back. There was a whole, oh, you know, and it was against me. Sarge shut it down. She shut it down. And that's what we should do. Even when it's, you know, those prayers, oh, we got to pray for James. Poor Steph. Do you know how he treats, do you know, do you know what he does? Oh, you got to, no, that's gossip. And let me tell you, Steph can handle her own. <laughs> Might want to pray for James. I'm just saying, <laughs> James, watch it. Now, Steph, I love you. You have been blessed and highly favored with your wife, young man. Um, so we're called to repent of those things. Obedient saints should hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The overcomer in Pergamum Pergamos may be the child of God who refuses to tolerate evil teaching in the local church. But what are the hidden manna and the white stone? Now, I want to tell you this. It's something. What does the Bible say about obedience? Good, Sister Vonda. Better than sacrifice. I believe Billy Brim, Dr. Billy Brim, shares her testimony when her husband was really sick, how she went on a trip. I believe it was Russia. Her heart wanted to stay with her husband, but God wanted her to go. And, during the, and after that trip is when the Lord said to her, you are my friend. You could be his child. You could be his servant. I believe Abraham, known as a friend of God, he was willing to do what most would never do. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. So obedient saints should hear what the Spirit says to the churches, refuse to tolerate that evil. So we're going to talk about what's the hidden manna and the white stone. Manna is a type of Christ himself. Does anybody know what was in the Ark of the Covenant? Manna, what else? The tablets and the staff. Yeah, the it. It may speak of heavenly food in contrast to foods offered to idols. Hidden manna may be some sweet, secret communion with himself, known in the glory as the one who suffered here. The white stone has been explained in many ways. It was a token of acquittal in a legal case. Did you know that? Do you know the whitewashed tombs in Israel that Jews put stones they don't take flowers, they put stones on those. And many times they're white stones. 
It was a symbol of victory and athletic contest. It was an expression of welcome given by a host to his guest. It seems clear that it, Caleb gave me a stone today, Josh. It seems clear that it is a reward given by the Lord to the overcomer and expressing individual approval by him. Alfred says that the new name indicates acceptance by God and title to glory. How great is that? Historically, this church probably represents the time soon after Constantine when the church was thoroughly married to the state. Thousands became nominal Christians and the church tolerated pagan practices in its midst. Now on to Thyatira. The name Thyatira means perpetual sacrifice or continual offering. In this letter, the Son of God is seen as having eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. The eyes speak of piercing vision and the brass feet speak of threatened judgment. This church was outstanding in several ways. It was not lacking in good works, love, service, faith, and patient endurance. In fact, its works were increasing in quantity rather than declining. But impure doctrine had been tolerated in the assembly with the result that immorality and idolatry were being practiced. The church had permitted a self-styled prophetess named Jezebel to lead God's servants into sin. Listen, I experienced this in a church many years ago when I was youth pastor. There were a couple in the church, and I knew when you have the Holy Ghost in you and you're looking for those to put in leadership, he'll lead you. He'll anoint and ordain and tell you whom. Like I listened with Josh, and we are blessed. Are we blessed? And so but I listen to God, not because he's married to my daughter, but because that's who God chose and ordained. Well, I listen to God for you for my daughter too. I've been so blessed. And he's my son in love. I couldn't love that young man more if he were my own begotten son. I love him. But I, and I praise God for him that God ordained him for this time, this season in this church. We are blessed and highly favored. Well, what happened was this couple, they, everybody thought they were married. I thought they were married, but the senior pastor knew they weren't married. He actually knew that she was married to another man, but living with this man, and they told everyone that these adulterers were married for whatever reason. And all the time they were needing money and they were raising support. And he said to me, he said, okay, so you're the youth pastor. She wants to work in the youth ministry. So I want you to let her. I was like, but you know, you, you fall under the lead. You want to honor the pastor, right, Josh? You fall under the leadership. Unless you ask me to do something that goes against God. Same thing with the government. Peter and John said, you know, do we obey man or God? And so... I just knew something was wrong, but the pastor asked me to let her. She started that first night telling the girls, young, young teen girls at the youth group, she was talking about thongs and all kinds of stuff. I said, whoa, that's it. You're done. I literally, where we ministered, um, I'm not going to say city because people will watch it, but the, we were in the 
and the rural part of that area in southern New Jersey, but the city inside where I would go, I mean, we had 100 kids coming to youth group, Josh, that I would, I drove that diesel bus. I didn't know you needed a special license, Tim. I just drove the bus. Every time I'd go down those streets, Sarge, I'd take out lights and tree limbs and all kind of stuff. I wasn't very good at it, Tim, but I got the kids. And there were areas that even the police would not go into. And so the church eventually, of course, the board said, you can't drive the bus, but you need to ride on it. And the new bus drivers wouldn't go into these neighborhoods. And I literally would get out and walk in and go get the kids and bring them out. And I, I mean, they just thought I was crazy in there because I'd pray in, in the spirit as I was going in because you could die in some of those neighborhoods. And so I had a lot of those kids would come, especially the young women, and they would be scantily dressed. And I, I couldn't have that because my boys wouldn't be focused on anything but those girls. So I had my wife, Karen, and a couple of the other ladies set up a room with clothing, nice clothing, with the different sizes. So when they would come in that way, they would tell them, look, um, you can change and you can keep the outfit you pick, but we have a dress code. Now, you know my rule here, right? Just come dressed. We just don't do naked. But some of these girls would come practically naked. And so they would tell them that they can go in there and, and change their clothes. And here we have someone coming in telling them to dress the other way. I told her, get out. I kicked her out. Well, it became a whole big battle. And the pastor said, you will let her. I said, I will not. And he goes, you know, you're too judgmental. Judgmental? Do you know what she told my kids? Like you, Sarge, they're my kids. Many of them are in ministry today, praise God. And I don't know, he was getting angry. I mean, he let it slip. Well, you'd really have a heart attack if you knew that she was married to someone else. I was like, what? You had me get up and do an offering for this married couple who were going to lose their house. And you're telling me they're not married and she's married to someone else? So I, I calmed down. I prayed. Karen was always great. At you just need to calm down. I went to him. I said, Pastor, let's go to the word. He wouldn't listen to me. I said, well, I'm taking you before the board. They wouldn't listen to me either. I took them to the denomination. They wouldn't listen to me. And I prayed. I said, Lord, you got to release me. And eventually God did. This is tolerating that Jezebel. This is tolerating evil. You don't put someone who's an adulterer living in open rebellion to God in leadership and, and lie to the church. You can't make this stuff up. Joan Reva, you guys know that I'm telling the truth. You've seen three gay men who live together in leadership in the church, right? That's true. I'm not picking on the church. It's true. Right down the road. Am I lying? It's true. When I found that out, when my wife told me, I was like, I can't, don't take this wrong, but I can't do joint things at that time. I could now. I don't think that's happening now, right? Oh, please tell me it's not. It's still happening? Oh, you guys, we need to have a conversation. It does matter what church you go to. Elizabeth, is this still happening? 
You better pray, sister. I ran into that pastor today. Oh, Sister Vonda, start praying. Josh, Pastor Josh, start praying. Oh, we need to pray right now. Heavenly Father, let us walk in love, and love is addressing it. So go before me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I thought that was a past thing. But do you see what I'm saying? I had to address it in a church. And I went to the denomination. You know what the head of the denomination told me? I'm not going to name the denomination. What? The denomination? Told me to be silent and fall into submission under that pastor. And I said, ah, not when you go against God's word. Yeah, I left. I'm not going to create a problem. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to try to create a division. I'm not going to do that. But I can't stay there. I I can't in good conscience. And I didn't even know. No wonder. Things were good. And I knew in my spirit something was wrong. And this is what the word of God is saying. And this is going on all over the place. Josh, you served at a place where wickedness is going on. Right? And we're not going to talk about the details. Wickedness that is so perverse that it's got nothing. Sodom and Gomorrah has nothing on it. And people are flocking to it. And the leadership are endorsing it. I'm telling you right now, those menorahs have been lifted. Those churches are already dead and they don't even know it. It's happening. And once, the Lord showed me, once that's done, it's done. But we'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll die for Christ. We'll die for Christ. Huh, all right, I got to keep going. <laughs> Historically, we'll go to Thyatira. The name Thyatira means perpetual sacrifice or continual offering. In this letter, the Son of God is seen as having eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass. I already read that. The church was outstanding in several ways, but those impure doctrines had come in. That Jezebel had been allowed in. Now, just as Jezebel in the Old Testament had corrupted God's people, with fornication and idolatry. So this woman taught that Christians could engage in these practices without sinning. Yeah. Josh, you shared with me how one of the pastors told a couple living like they're married, told the woman that she should continue having sex with that man. The pastor did. Multiple couples in a thriving church in Mattoon. Yeah. We had a couple that came here that went to another church in Vineyard. Very popular church. Oh, I just said the name. Oh, well. Oh, well, I said it. They can repent or not repent. I'm not going to retract the whole thing. The couple came here, and I'm not going to say who the pastor was. 
they were living in sin and they went there and they told them since they were only with one another, they weren't sinning. Yeah, it's, Josh has experienced it. I've experienced it. You guys have experienced it. We're not in the mega central of the United States here. We're not a major urban area here. We're in Amish country. I did a video and people were commenting they saw the horse and buggy. Maybe it's the Amish. Yeah, duh. It's where I live. I love it. But do you see what's going on? Okay, but I turned into a lizard, so there you go. Because she refused to repent, the Lord was going to give her a sick bed of tribulation in place of her bed of lust. Those who committed idolatry with her would be thrown into a bed of great tribulation and death unless they forsook her and escaped from her deeds. Then all the churches would know that the Lord is watching and that he rewards according to man's deeds. There was probably a literal prophetess in Thyatira named Jezebel, but Bible students have also seen here a reference to the rise of a false church system with its adoration of images, sale of indulgences, and priestly absolution from such sins as fornication. And I'm going to say it, it's the Catholic Church. It's the Vatican. I just made about 8,000 people mad. It's the truth. As a child, praise God, I got kicked out of Catholic school. I was free and free indeed. Now, I know there are Catholics who love Jesus. And I'm not beating up on those people. But they're involved in a church that does these very things. Is it true, Sarge? It's true. You're going into a priest, and he's going to tell me, say, how many Hail Marys and Our Fathers, and he's going to give me absolution? You guys, you should have seen me with my Aunt Alice and Mother Superior, because I I couldn't take communion because I wasn't Catholic, and I wasn't going to be Catholic. Praise God, I got born again. And I, but I was also, see, you guys, I'll admit my faults. My message was right, but my delivery was terrible at Catholic school. But I was a child. I needed to learn. I'm still a work in progress. Amen? I'm telling you, I don't, it was just something in my spirit. And I think if my grandson Caleb was put in the same situation, he would do the very same thing. I know Ezekiel would. So they inherited something there. And I think you would too, Josh. But when they would, when the priest would go, in nombre del Padre, el Dio del Espíritu Santo, I would literally go, my father plays dominoes better than your father. <laughs> Why would I do that? Because every time in the class, Mother Superior would stick me on the chair with the board with holes and beat me. And then I'd turn around and say, is that all you got, Mother? I know. And then I get beat by the priest and get beat. Like I, stubborn, stubborn. I think that gave me strong hide for what I had to face today. My pastor would say, he would call me Timmy. He would say, you know, that was wrong. That was a wrong attitude. I know. I'd say, I, I told the Lord I was sorry, pastor. I don't know what it is. And then I'd do it again every time. 
And so my aunt wanted me to see what the confessional was like. I'm like, I'm not going in there. I'm literally, they're trying to push me in. I got my hands and feet. And I'm like, I'm not going in there. Father John can't forgive my sins. He's a sinner. Only Jesus could. I knew as a child, I just needed to work on my delivery. I think I've gotten much better, don't you? Praise God for work of the Holy Spirit. This church, these churches do these things. It's truth. We have got to stand up. The church has compromised with the Babylonian system. It's everywhere. How many years ago was it? Who was here? When we unaffiliated with an affiliation because they told me that we were going to um, work with the LGBT community and be more LGBTQ friendly. And I said, not for me and my church. Sister Vonda, you weren't an elder then. You weren't an elder then, but the elders all agreed. Thank God they did. Because if they didn't, Sarge, I was prepared to leave. Just like I was as a youth pastor. I'm not having any part of that. I love the people bound up in that. And I want to see them saved, born again, and set free from that. I will not, I don't believe in bullying. I don't believe in bashing. But I will never call sin righteousness and righteousness sin. We are to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Is that true? And the world has compromised. And this is what he's saying to these churches. And I believe that these churches, the same thing they're facing, the church is facing today. But the good news is God is about to show out. And a revival is on the way. We got that word tonight. Hallelujah. An awakening to God. It is the time, the Lord told me, this is the time of Gideon. We're going from 32,000 to 300 that God can trust with his word and what he has called us to do. We will not bow down to this world system, Pastor Josh. And if we as a church have to stand alone, praise God, we're not alone because we got the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And we're going to yield to and cooperate with Holy Spirit and shame on those churches and pulpits that are endorsing and allowing this evil to happen. God has already spoken. For what reason? Because you might lose someone. I would rather stand alone. And I'm not perfect. But we know this is going completely against the word of God. And going along with the Babylonian system. And if you're not for God, you're against him. And if you're not working in cooperation with Holy Spirit, you're working in cooperation with evil spirits. That's the truth. And that's why at this church, we teach you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the importance of being baptized in Holy Spirit. You all have Holy Spirit, amen? Sarge, you got Holy Spirit. And I have seen you walk in the Spirit, praise God. And we're going to continue doing that and learning and leaning into and pressing into God. Pastor Josh, it's not popular. Denominations that once had believers meetings like we do and cooperate with Holy Spirit have gone completely away from it because that's not seeker friendly. That doesn't make people feel good. Let's get the smoke machines. 
Let's have the gold, whatever you call that, glitter. Gets in your hair. You got to wash it out. It's not, what do they call it? Angel dust? That ain't angel dust. If real angel dust wants to come down, I'm all for it. I'm all for the real things of God, but not man manifested, made up stuff to try to replicate the glory. You don't have to. Be in one accord with the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Unity with the Trinity and watch what God will do. There was a faithful remnant in Thyatira. The rest, as many as do not have this doctrine, which had not been initiated into the secret doctrines and rites of Jezebel, otherwise known as the depth of Satan. Did you hear that? No other burden of responsibility was placed on them than to hold fast the truth until Christ's coming. The overcomer in Thyatira was the true believer, he would reign with Christ during the millennium. He would have authority over the nations and would rule them with a rod of iron. All sin and rebellion would be punished severely and promptly. The Lord promised to give to the overcomer the morning star. The Lord Jesus is the bright and morning star. Just as the morning star appears in the heavens before the sun rises, so Christ will appear as the morning star to rapture his church to heaven before he appears as the son of righteousness to reign over the earth. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18 and Malachi 4, 2. Thus, the overcomer is promised a part in the rapture. How are we overcomers? Amen. By believing on Jesus, by being born again. In this and the following three letters, the formula H, who has an ear, let him hear, follows the promise to the overcomer rather than preceding it. This may indicate that from this point on, only those who overcome are expected to have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that's the truth. Without Holy Spirit, we cannot expect those who are not born again to hear what the Spirit says, can we? Holy Spirit is working on them, striving with them to, to be regenerated and to believe on Jesus, that he's the Messiah and he rose from the dead. I tell you, we are living in such times and God is about to show out. This is why those who are in the board, you know at the board meetings, one thing I keep saying each board meeting is, we are going to continue as a church to cooperate with Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do. It is so critical that we stay in line with what Holy Spirit is doing. Wonderful programs, but as Holy Spirit leads us. And those who don't want to be part of that, those who want to be seeker-friendly, Sarge, to compromise with the world, there are a lot of churches to choose from. We will not compromise. We are in this world. We are not of this world. We are going to continue to cooperate with Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, my, desire, my hunger for more of God just keeps increasing. I just want to press in him. The more the persecution and the assault comes, it makes me just rejoice. 
I want more of God. I just want to press into him. I want to do what he told me three years ago. Remain humble. Be obedient. Carry no offense. Be quick to forgive. And everything we do, do in the love of God. Why? Because love never fails. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. I hope you took plenty of notes and that you got so much out of this lesson of the Revelation Bible Course presented by Pastor Tim. Listen to each lesson as many times as you need so that you can take everything that the Holy Spirit has for you out of each lesson. Until next time, I'm Pastor Josh, and thanks again for joining us. God bless.